Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today we're sitting down with California boy J.T. Harker as he rolls through Las Vegas playing Stoney's Rock and Country. We talked to 2020, new music, you know, the process of dropping singles. Kids these days, even his kids, almost stopping music, even heading down to Mexico. Dude, let's get to know J.T. Harker. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Take two, sitting here today with the one and only JT Harker. Still here. Still here. Still here. Dude, welcome back to Vegas. Thank you so much, man. Um, Thank we have, you very much. We have lots to talk about. Last time you were here, I believe it was our last show we did before the COVID shit hit. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been going on since then? <laughs> man, last I remember that so well. Last time we were here, I um, or I was here, we were um, finishing up writing for this this round of songs we've been releasing right, right through COVID and now, and uh, I think we we actually recorded and we're writing and I you know it was booked last minute so Michael Harris our mutual friend hit me up and he said hey can you can you get to Vegas for a show I th- I'm assuming it was on a Friday it was and I was like well yeah let me change my flight check with the band make sure they could get to to Nevada because we usually drive out together. I'm like, guys, let's do it. And it was right as the shutdown was happening, right? Yes. So Nashville had just shut down. And then I was I came in here and like couldn't get a hotel. I don't know if I told you that story. I came in here on the on the Thursday night. It was too late to get a hotel and all the sh- the hotels were shut down because of COVID. Right. So I ended up sleeping at like a PJ's, making friends with a bartender and sleeping on it. She let me sleep on the couch for four hours so I could sleep because I had nowhere to I had no car. Wow. Right. So we did not know that. Yeah, it was crazy. Met you the next night and and rocked it and then uh, the whole world went to went to hell. Yeah, hell's probably a nice way to put it. What do you think? Um, so wait a minute. The first single I got from you after all that was um, how about you? First thing, yeah, was it how about you? Yep. Yeah, I think that was the first one that came yeah, out. Yeah, it would be how about you? Yeah, and I, I like uh, super fan of that tune. Play the crap out of it on Country Thank AF you. Radio, and we'll continue to because it's just a jam. I love it. Appreciate and it. And then you come out with a couple more. So all of these were written during that time, or they were pre? So my first, I'm trying to remember now. My first few singles, not including How About You. How About You was like the first of the next round of songs. So my first singles were uh, it was Heaven Lost an Angel, If I Ain't Got You, and then we had Drunk People. And then the fourth, the, what was going to be the fourth single, we saved for now, Country Summer. So that just right. dropped. Um, the next round of songs, How About You, was the first one we dropped. And um, and we did it. We kind of waited into COVID, which in hindsight we shouldn't have done. So it didn't get a lot of momentum on, on Spotify, but it's a lot of people's favorite song. You know, it's a hard-hitting, fun party song. It's fun, dude. I, like I told you earlier, I can't wait to see it live. And yeah, tonight's the first night you're going to play it live. It's the first night we're going to play it live, full band. I've done it acoustic a couple times. But yeah, for, first time, full band. And um, thank you, by the way, for supporting that song. Hell yeah, that's what we like to do, man. We like to support the up-and-coming artists and to the point where they get too big and all they do is remember us, but they can't <laughs> play here anymore. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, I'll be here at least for another year. Well, ho- let's hope, ho- ho- let's and then hopefully, you know, hopefully six months, dude. Yeah, we'll well, be hopefully a little six bit months. more pro- proactive. What did you What did you take out of this wonderful year of twenty twenty? Like Man, what's, what's like the most important thing that that you learned from it? So honestly, which is interesting, during COVID, I thought about not doing music anymore. And I th- I've thought about this many times, so it's not like a new thing necessarily. But yeah. you know, I thought, man. Because we went hard, like, you know, a little bit about the story. So the first time I played here, I was in a band called Southern Caliber. That was my, f- and this was when, like, a th- within a few weeks of me being in that band, right? It wasn't my band. I was a hired gun singer. That's how I met Joe Divini. We, okay. he, he got hired by that band, like, a year later. So then we go break off and do our own 
band. And then that became like the new original project as well. That's when we were playing Moonshine like every other weekend, right? right. And then, um, uh, losing my train of thought here. And then, uh, so, oh, point being, so we get to the point we're playing like five, six, seven nights a week. Moonshine Flats, Moonshine Beach, Old Crow, Huntington, like all the, the top venues you could possibly play that a lot of other other bands don't get to play, mainly, you know, especially Moonshine, coming out playing Gillies, you know, every six weeks. And we're all over the West Coast going North Calif- Northern California, which was amazing, but just getting burnout because right. we're making a good living for a cover band and a band that's like climbing the ladder, but not like a great living. And we're just tired all the time. You know, it's just it's just a grind. So when I signed my deal with Stepside at this point, maybe two years ago, I was like, I want to back off gigs like i want to focus on the types of gigs i want to play and sure. then my favorite venues that i'm cool playing every month right stonies <coughs> yeah yes stonies would definitely be top of the list i i was so stoked to get back into stonies by the way last time but um but yeah so like so this time with covid is like i had already done that i already dialed back the gigs and i was sitting at home i was like man you know what i kind of don't miss playing right now and i thought it was it was like kind of a permanent thing but and I, so I started focusing on some other things, like, what else can I do other than music? And I tried some things and tried some things, tried some things. And then I went out to Nashville again in the middle of COVID, wrote two or three more songs, and then got some of these new songs, including All the Above, which is the next single, Craig Wiseman. And then um, some of these other songs I'm really stoked about, written by some big writers. And it kind of reinvigorated me. And then I got home and I started like hitting the guitar again. And then shows started coming back. And we opened for Sam Grow. Um, Shout out to Sam in a uh, in Huntington Beach, and that really kind of got me pumped. And at some point, I got super inspired again, and I'm just like on fire to play shows again. So Beautiful. for me, honestly, it kind of brought me away to a place. It wasn't a bad place, I guess, but a place where I was really wondering like what I want to do with my life. You know, I turned turned 39 about a month ago, and you know, I got kids, and then it just brought me all the way back full circle. And the label's super pumped. I'm super pumped. Good. Um, so that that's really what COVID for me. I mean, there's a lot more than just that, but the the big one was I thought about stopping music, and now I'm 100. What would you do if you didn't do music? Like, man, I I don't know. And that's really the question: is that okay? What are you gonna do? So I looked into some things. I did some courses. I I looked into computer programming, just a bunch of stuff that made sense if I was gonna get out of music. And I'm like, dude, what are you? What am I doing? What are you doing? Right. What are you doing? And especially, you know, I worked so again. I just turned 39. I've been doing music since I was 20 years old, moved to L.A. to be a rock star, and that didn't work out, and then got into country music, which has been amazing. But um, it's like, dude, you've, you've worked so hard and somehow got signed with these guys, not even having to move to Nashville, right. still being able to Rare. be with my son in L.A. Yeah. So you just got to see it through. How old's your boy? see it through. I have a 10-year-old in L.A., and I have a 14-year-old in Washington. Both he, boys? Both boys, yeah. yeah. So and I have a teenager, which is insane. And you got both girls? No, no, no. I said it beats having both girls. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I used to think I wanted a girl, and yeah. then I see friends with girls, and I'm like, oof, I don't know. Check, check this out. I'm gonna go ahead and age myself. I have a 26 year old son. Woo! And I have in July a 13 year old daughter. Okay. And I okay. Um, the boy was whatever. The girl easy. boys are easy. Dude, turn that corner, yeah. man. Like I swear, just in the last year, she's turned into. I don't think so. Oh, sort okay. of thing. Yeah, the that attitude, yeah. And the TikTok videos. <coughs> she like walks in the house and she starts doing these dance. I'm like, I'll break your leg. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just break your leg. 
because it's like you're you're not supposed to look at them like that. Like right. like you're not allowed to grow up. Like right. you're my little baby girl sort of thing. Yeah. So that part's tough, man. It's super tough. Coming into twenty one now that all I mean last this is our first hundred percent show at Stoney's. Hundred percent capacity. I am honored. It's I, I love. I'm getting a little. Yeah. I love the fact when I talk to you guys, I get at this FaceTime and you're sitting there with Michael, which is rad. Yeah. I'm bummed. Like nothing against your drummer now, but. Like I know he was here last time, but dude, I need Michael to come out and play this place. I know he's only know. hung out here. Well, w- when you called him, we were rehearsing for another for a, this. Um, so you know, Hot Country Nights, Dirk yep. Bentley's thing. Yep. So we started a band. It's actually the old name of our band, Honky Tonk Boombox, before COVID. Full costume, similar to Hot Country Nights. Right. And there's just nothing like that other than Hot Country Nights. Like, dude, there's a need for that. We figured we get it going, and then at some point can get another singer, another drummer in there. So we had to stop for COVID, obviously. We just got to go, and that was our first rehearsal <laughs> for it. So And Michael's drumming for that. Right. So, you know, we'll have something soon where he's drumming. And, you know, I think he's going to be my first call when Joe Connor can't make it. Yeah. Forward. I actually asked him if he could do an Arizona run. We're doing the Dirks Bentleys out there, I think, next month, and um, he couldn't do it. But I think I'm going to We'll start have to work out something. I mean, I, I, would, I think I would just, like, he's been here. He's hung out. We've had lunch, like shoot the poop but the reality of it all just being like i need him to come play here yeah like, well i'd never heard him play so to be honest i was shocked at how good he was he's really? le- he's legit he seems like he would almost have some sort of a jazz feel to him like he like, can d- yeah yeah he's not like a country guy but he plays the sh- he plays the heck out of it right that's yeah. good i was i was kind of low-key shocked i didn't tell him i was shocked i was like because yeah. he asked to drum on some gigs when our drummer couldn't be there i was like eh. I think yeah, we're gonna know, go cool. with another keep, guy. Yeah, let's keep booking Moonshine. Now I feel bad. He's good. <laughs> that's awesome. What are your What are your goals for twenty one? Now that we're, we're we're back to doing stuff again. You know, I, I don't like to talk. I'm more of a doer. But I'm real. Honestly, and I've been telling people that I've been a lot more vocal about it. I'm really excited about the next three songs. Yeah, I told. I was telling you about all the above. Craig Wiseman, Derek George wrote it. Um, I really wanted to do like. Like this, a lot of the sound right now, which I'm a big fan of, is like the Travis Denning and the Cameron uh, Marlowe, Marlowe yep. and uh, you know the Luke Combs. A lot of like rocking, almost some of it's almost like, especially Cameron. I'm a big fan, like very kind of like almost like Daughtry meets country. Yeah, and I'm a huge. I mean, I was that post grunge type of sound. I was all about it. So I love it. I don't know if it's me, but I love the sound. But I w- I really wanted to do something like like funky and danceable, but fun funny like really bring some fun in, into it but right. I, you know we were having trouble coming up with those songs on our own so i was sitting with derek one day and he played me some songs he had done with craig and and he, some other writers that he's worked with and as soon as i heard this song all day Bella, i was like dude that's what we need we need yeah. it's fun it's funny it, you know it's uh have you listened to it yet no i, I mean i think you sent it, it to me you did you did send it to me i did listen to it you'll I dig did. it so that's july 2nd that comes out i'm you really did send that to me, excited yes. about that am song. i allowed to play it early Sure, play it okay, early. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I'll get you a master version, though. Okay. Um, and then uh, the next one's after that. Uh, I think I wrote you back and told you I dug that song, too. I don't, th- I don't think you did. I don't think you did. You okay. may have. You may have. I could, but, um, but Life's but been crazy. Okay. And then the next one is uh, called Turn That Down, I believe, is going to be the next single. And an- another outside song that, um, that we're really pumped about. And then the, the final single with this round of songs is called TYX. I am personally most excited about TYX. What's that? Stand it stands for? for Thank Your Ex. Ah. Um, we're gonna play it tonight, as a matter of fact. Nice little play on the Abbey words. Yes. Every time we play that at a show, people are like, "Dude, that's, that's the it? one." Dude. It's it's mellow. It's laid back. It's kind of like a. Uh, it's like a kind of a ballad, but it's real funny, tongue in cheek. It's uh, about thanking your ex for for your wonderful life, right? And we can all relate to that. Well, I think someone told me the other day that you're always supposed to upgrade. 
That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, I think you are supposed to upgrade. And sometimes it's hard to look at and go like, huh, this is the best I'm going to do. <laughs> and and no, it's not. No, it's no, not. It's not. I know that I know that um, uh, Sam Hunt has has that song uh, "Breaking Up Was Hard in the '90s" or "Easier in yeah. the '90s," whatever that. I think it's easier. Breaking in the Up 90s. was easy in the '90s. 90s. Yeah. That's a good song. Yeah. Well, you sit back and like growing up in that era. I sit back and I think. I mean, like shit. The worst thing I had to do was see her at school. Exactly. That's it, dude. It was. I mean, think about this. How much easier was it when no one could do anything to you with social media? Yeah. How, how about when when all we had was because some people they laugh like my kids and even people like teenagers like dude. My first cell phone was senior year in high school. Right. It was not a normal thing. And I was one of the first kids to have the cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, not ever, all these kids had Was it a brick? Them. What? Was it a brick? It would, no, but it was like... A little bit smaller. It was this big. The slim know? line that wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, we didn't have, like, no one could just, like, plaster, you know, just, like, yeah. just tarnish our image on Instagram or, you know... Or just would, via text. Yeah, it was just at school. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and like, then there were just two sides of the story and, and no one right. could, like... I mean, think about it. Like, if someone has an embarrassing video of you now and you break their heart or whatever, you're you know, done. Ooh, donezo. It's that's funny. So my first cell phone was in my truck. It was a car phone. Ah, my and dad had one of those. Yeah, and it's just kind of like you sit back and it was. But yeah, I, I I grew up in an era of um, if you wanted to know what was going on that weekend, someone handed you a flyer. Exactly. Literally. A exactly. Flyer. It wasn't. And if I mean, I we laugh now. I do. Uh, I see the post of hey, if if you remember this, you know your your generation, whatever. And it's like three bikes out in front of a house, and that's how you know the Jimmy's home. Right. Like right. Yeah, his bikes are out front. Exactly. I mean, it's it's sad that the kids these days they don't they don't want to drive, because people will drive them around. They d- I mean, I was fifteen and a half, and I was chomping at the bit to get my permit. Yeah. Now my son was, shit. Two years later, he was like, all right, I'll go get my permit. Yeah. I'm like. I'll be honest. I waited until I was 18 to get my license, but part of it was because I had like girls around my house that would always drive me wherever I wanted to go. Right. So I was just unmotivated. Where did you grow up? I grew up in San Jose, California, and I grew these. There are three girls I grew up with, so it was like they, you know, we were all the same friends. So I just it was just easy, or my buddy picked me up. But when I got my license at 18, I. I was like, what have I been waiting to do this for? And I'll tell you what, I passed my test. I was hungover as all hell. <laughs> At 18. It just like reminded it. me of this story. I fell asleep. So I go to a U-turn, and I think I'm turning like we're just a mile back to the school, you know, the DMV, whatever. And I remember I was at the light, you know, ready to take this left U-turn, and I fell asleep because I was so tired and hungover, right? And During your I'm, test. I'm 18. During my test. And I woke up. Like, I just kind of came to as that light was turning green, and I looked over, and he was just right. He was not even, even paying know. attention, turned around, got What all felt good. like 15 minutes of a nap was 10 I seconds. I was horrible, man. Oh. I was horrible. I felt. I took a nap in my SAT. I slept through half my SAT. I don't that was even, me. I, don't, I feel so bad for the kids these days because that stupid math they have to do, the new co- common code. Oh, I it's like horrible. S- I sit back and I look at it. I'm like, that's not... It's horrible. Who's ever going to use that? Yeah, they, they uh, he my my uh ten year old had had to learn that as old school. It used to drive me crazy. The the he's in a different program now, and they're teaching a lot more practical. Normal. I think they're actually coming back around full circle again. I hope so, because it didn't make any sense. You're just confusing. Why are you changing math? Like, why are you changing how kids are supposed to learn math? I don't. I never understood algebra because unless you're going to go be a scientist or some shit like that, you should never have to learn it. You don't need it. No. I, yeah. I I could go on for days about the the my son struggles in school, and I did too. Um, but it's not set up for everybody, and you know, why not get get a feel for what these kids are going to want to do? Like yeah. my kid's not going to be a. I'll tell you right now, he's not going to be a scientist. He's not going to yeah. be a doctor. He's right. not going to be a lawyer. Like let's figure out what they're good at and focus on that stuff. 
before before I came to work here at Stoney's, it's been almost 14 years now. My son was in school. I sent him to a, um, a technical school mm. um, so he could just focus on stuff. And I've always been a graphic designer, web developer. That's just been my creative side for everything like that. So I worked for Disney for um, probably about 11, 12 years from home. I would program their emails and do artwork for them and everything like that. Pretty decent job. Not a bad company to work for, yeah, for per se. Like, I've heard of them. I've heard of them, right? <laughs> so my son goes to, to school one day, and they had um, they had this where you had to dress up for school day thing. And my son goes to school <laughs> with flip-flops and shorts and a T-shirt, and he got in trouble. They sent him to the front office, and it was like, what the hell's going on? And, and the school said, you can't work for a Fortune 500 company dressed like this. Well, I come walking in because my kid got in trouble with flip-flop shorts and a T-shirt And you work on, for Disney. I work for Disney. <laughs> And I was like, you guys need to be real with these people. At the end of the day, is like, don't just call it Fortune 500. Be be for reals with it. Like, right. like a lot of people are telecommuting. A lot of people, you know, they. I did work for some places where whenever we had meetings, I had to put a, like a, a tie on. But that's just not me. It's never right. been me. Right. And it's kind of like, um, the only time I wear pants is tonight. Like when we have shows and I got to go out and, and work. That's yeah. the only time I wear. pants. Other than that, it's shorts. Yeah. Period. End of story. And, and especially when it's 110 outside, like it is. But well, I feel that. Yeah, in Vegas for sure. Goodness gracious. What's your favorite thing about coming to Vegas? Um, you, do you gamble? No, I don't gamble at all. Um, my favorite thing about Vegas is just. I mean, I haven't been here other than playing shows. I don't even remember the last time I came to Vegas. So it would never be one of those things that's like, hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. I'm like, not that. No. Um, and not because I don't like it, just because, you know, where, where I've been, I mean, you know where I'm at, Toad. Like, I, I am climbing the ladder slowly but surely in the music business, all invested in. I've been sure. all in forever, and I'm not where I'm at, which isn't where I want to be yet, of course, but I'm not where I'm at because I'm the most talented I had to outwork literally everybody. Yeah. Um, I got buddies at you know at home that outsing me. I mean, just incredible voices, everything, and, and they're kind of still doing the same stuff or gave up. Lack of hustle. Yeah, you do. I mean, I'm always working. If I'm not working, you know, and that includes. I told you I do. I have a booking business that I've been doing was flourishing before COVID, of course. Now it's starting to build back up, and I've got obviously the gigs, and then I I hustle. I mean, I'm still doing. I'll do Instacart, Postmates. I got kids in travel, baseball. Like, I, right. I, I'm always working. If I'm not working, I'm with my son. Right. You know, and that's it. Like, I, I I haven't had a love life in three years, and a big part of that, my last two three relationships, was because the music business is tough. Yeah. So I don't really have a lot of like time where I just go and just go hang. You know, yeah. it, during COVID, I went to Cancun a couple times, and I'll tell you what, that's a lot of fun. You're right. I highly recommend Cancun or Tulum. I've never been to Mexico. Oh, Mexico's great. I don't have an interest. Mexico's great. Don't have an interest. It's phenomenal. I'm the, I always tell the story. I'm the guy that all of a sudden would have like get planted a whole bunch of cocaine and end up in prison. I just believe that's that's like yeah. my my like I'm just as white as they come. I don't tan. Um I just Well, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because the tourism is everything there. So it, it's really, you know I, I have friends that go down there a lot. When my buddy Jim, he goes down there so much and he's like, You gotta come with us one time. I'm like, why don't you go to Hawaii? I'll go there. I don't Hawaii's great too, yeah. Something about Hawaii's Mexico, great. I just don't I just don't. It was never my thing either, but I'll tell you what, I went to Cancun for my senior trip, which was twenty years ago. Yeah. And it was a lot different than it is now. It's nice, man. We go to a hard rock uh hotel, like three hundred a night. Yeah. Um all inclusive, all inclusive. Right. Liquor, everything food, you can everything. drink. Every, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. But I'll tell you what. Again, back to the workaholic thing. That third day, I'm already st- my mind's going like this. Dude. I'm already ready to come home. I went overseas for ten days. Uh, I went on one of those cruises that goes to all the ports and everything like that. Oh wow! I worked. <clears throat> yeah, on the boat. I, mean, I worked. I'm not good at not working. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not good I'm not at either. completely unplugging and yeah. not thinking. You know, and I don't know if part of it is because I'm just, I'm still not. You know, if I was uh, in Luke Combs' position, I'd, pr- I would like to think I'd be ready to unplug and sure. just completely. I don't know that. You know, I don't. It's funny, man. He he's he played here. He opened for Corey Smith. It was probably five six years ago. Um, and it was just a really he. I ran into him a, cu- a couple years ago at a festival, and he's exactly the same now as he was then. Just laid back, I'm just doing my thing, and yeah. just kind of like I didn't see any sense of urgency with stuff or any change. I was just telling the story the other day that most people, their 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 safe place or their happy place is when they lay down in bed. The, I, not mine. My yeah, brain. My neither. brain is a hundred times. No, like it's hard to fall asleep. Yeah, I, yeah it's it's rough. That's kind of the world we live in. Yeah. Do you have an artist that that's out there that? that you like kind of their blueprint of their success and what they've done. And I, I'm going to ask you this. And then you said something about open up for Sam grow. I love Sam. Um, I was actually talking to him today. I love his drive and I love his, his, his passion and his uh, dedication mm-hmm. to his craft. Mm-hmm. Um, he's different. Yes, he is. I see a lot of you in that same scenario like that. So in saying that, is there an artist out there that you look at their career that's successful, that's made mm-hmm. it, that, that their that their blueprint fits into something that you could follow? That's a good question. And it's interesting because, you know, there's guys who you like the sound of or you, you would like to emulate the um, the the sort of subgenre of country that they're in or something like that. But with uh, so with Sam, he signed to Average Joe. So yep. That's a Colt Ford's label. It's an indie label, similar to my situation. They, they definitely have a lot more budget, but it's an alternative way to go. You know, he's not signed to Big Machine or he's not sure. signed to Sony, and that's because he's different. Yeah. And but you hear the guy sing. He sings about what he wants to sing about. Writes about what he wants to write about. He's got a phenomenal voice. Yeah. Nicest guy in the world. Um, so I mean, I like that. I I like you know. I'm not when I first got into the business. All you're thinking about is trying to get a record deal. Right. All you're thinking about is getting signed to Sony. All or, or something like Big Machine. Right. But then you hear and like you know my good buddy Joe telling me about the trials and tribulations of a guy like Ty- Tyler Rich who can barely get the attention he needs at, at a label like Big Machine and now he's got a song doing great and they're like getting it on the radio and that's awesome but it's a it's a challenge sure so for me a lot of people are like man like you know you need this you need that I'm like you know what dude I like where I'm at I didn't ha- I had no pressure to move to Nashville right now right um, I'm working with guys I, I could only have dreamed of working with and I was ready to quit. I yeah. lost half my band. Shout out to Alex Seller. He plays with Sam Grono. That's how I know Sam. And Joe Davini moved for for Tyler Rich, moved to Nashville. And I'm like, you know what? Am I still going to do this? Like, how? I'm not going to move to Nashville. How am I going to get the attention of someone? And, and if I can't move there, how am I even going to get signed? Right. Like, maybe I need to, you know, that was my first time going. Maybe I need to do something else. So it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because, like, someone like Cody Johnson built his whole thing independent. Now, it's in Texas, and he's phenomenally talented, but... I like his story a lot. Like yeah. I think if I could emulate anyone's, because he just built it and built it and built it to the point where he could just ask for anything he wanted. He sat where you're sitting, and we talked about what you want. And he said, "I've walked into every place. Like all these people are interested in me, and they would make these promises, and they would say, like, we'll get you a, a, pre- a prevost. You sign today, we'll get you a prevost.' And he's like, "I have two out back, dude. You're really good. I need you to change your shirt." And he'd be like tip of his hat thank you very much and then he would move on so he did he did what what he didn't write a deal he did a partnership and i think that that's the workaholic and that's the that's kudos to you for even noticing that yeah th- i mean that's what you know I, and again I'm, I'm not you know 
the youngest spring chicken around. Like I've been doing it for a while. I don't well, call myself old, but like we'll get Brett Young. He's not young. Brett Young's literally not young. Um, pardon the pun. <laughs> but um, he's a good example actually, because I know a lot about his story. Um, a, lot, a lot of mutual friends, and he's from Orange County, and he made it a little older too. He just made it a few years ago, and he's yep. a little bit older than me. Yeah. Um, but you know, for me, the stories that I like are always the guys like Brett Young who. You just didn't give up because right. for me, like if and, and when, because I plan on on doing this big, and I'm hoping this this is the year we can really start taking off. But it, it's and, and people younger guys that are getting into it are ask me because you know at this point like they know me because I've been on the scene in SoCal for a while. They're like, you know, how do you get started? Like, how how did you do this? I'm like, dude, a lot of it's just like it just happened. Like first time we played Stoney's just happened because yeah. um, you know and when we, when we got yeah when we got stagecoach it happened because we were playing all the time. And you can't help but build a fan base when you're when you if you got a good band you're putting out a good product and you play constantly. We're out just outworking everybody. And you yeah. put yourself in a position to have a platform where you can't always explain like how exactly that happened because it took twenty little moves that you didn't even think about to get to that point. And it's just putting your head down and working your butt off every day. And a lot of it is wondering like I mean literally people people ask me, Do you ever want to quit? Somebody asked me this like a month ago. I was like, Yeah, uh, ten AM. He's like, You wanted to quit today at ten AM? Every day at 10 a.m., bro, because yeah. that's when I usually start like getting to work with the music stuff. I'm like, Dad, I want to quit every day because I'm not where I want to be. Um, you know, again, I'm not a young youngster starting out, and you know, f- f- the, for all intents and purposes, and I'm making money because all I do is work. But like, that money's gone as soon as I get it. You know, kids and bills and towards sure. music career, and and it, it's insane. So like, it, it's just, it's just not giving up. You know, so that's those are the stories I really dig. You have a you have a goal set of an artist that you'd like to play with and open for. I mean, there's a bunch I'd like to open for. Um, my my favorite for some reason my favorite I always come back to Dirk Bentley. I would really love to be on tour with Dirk Bentley. Yeah, and I just love that he can do. I mean, he's he's got the his own accent, like he's got his own sound. He's not the biggest vocalist in the world, right? But he sounds good on every song, and he has hard rocking songs. He's got the ballads. He's got the drunk on a plane. He can really do it all, like right. Burning Man. Like he kind of does it all and makes it his own. Everything from party to serious, and and songs about his kids and his wife, and um, and then when you see him perform, the guy puts on a phenomenal show, and. That that's for me what I want to do. You know, I, I also love Eric Church and I love Jason Aldean, but for for some reason Dirk's just, just his whole show that. top to bottom is like the type of show that I want to put on. I went and saw um, I went and saw Aldean when he came back through here after the root stuff, his first time back here mm-hmm. over at the park, and it was when you talk about how things just happen. I got this random um, text message, and it was the guy that was managing Austin Burke, and he also was the tour manager for Jason Aldean. Oh, and he really? wanted me to work with the Desert City Ramblers and bring them into Stoney's. And I was like, dude. Desert City Ramblers? I think I've heard them on Spotify. They got a song I really dig. I play them on, on Country AF Radio. I like them. Do you? They're, what song are you playing? Um, see, now you're going to fucking put me in that position. They've got a song. It's like, is it Dance something? they got a good um, one out right now. Um, 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 um. I had never heard of them before, and I've been playing the, at the gym. I like them. And so Desert, the Desert City Ramblers... I play, oh, seriously? You're really going to do this? 2020. Um, we're going to cut all this shit out. <laughs> I'm going to do this the easy way. Desert City. This is the greatest thing about being able to. The fuck? Um, 
note that I sent it to Cody. Does it? Why is my phone now taking a shit? I don't know the name of the single. Um, I'll let me look them up. I'm like looking them up on Spotify, but it's not one of these. It's not Red Moon, Coming Home, Gypsy Angel, Me and My Friends. And I know it's a, a new song. It's not Dance With Me? That no. song's legit. <coughs> that's the one I've been into. <coughs> I think that's the one I'm into. Coming Home, Dance With Me, Help Me Where did we get down? Yeah, I'm a fan. Anyway... I'm a fan of theirs. I'm going to pull it up after the fact because it's going to dri drive me nuts. But needless to say, he reaches out to me to play Desert City Ramblers here, shooting the Pope, and he's like, dude, I'm gonna, um, they were playing at a casino here, and the casino didn't want the band playing here after the fact, uh -huh. after they were up there. With their I'm like, they're, it's not like people know who they are. Yeah, like, some people don't understand that. Uh, we, we had a, 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 a um, what do they call that? A... Uh, the claws. Oh yeah, radius claws. Radius claws. We have that for for tomorrow, but like, Ricky's like, dude, these guys are coming from California. They're right. not gonna, you know. Yeah. People don't get that though. They just like, oh, we're gonna maximize. Yeah, maximize. You know. It was funny because he 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 turned around and offered me to go to Aldine. He's like, I'll put you in the front row, and I'm like, bro, I don't I don't I don't want to go in the front row. Uh -huh. I'm like, if you can put me backstage, cool. I'll just just me and my girl. Like, we'll be fine. If not, totally understand. Don't even worry about it. There's like six people backstage. Most of them were wives and girlfriends, and me. Right, and it was like one of those experiences that you just look at and go, "Holy shit!" Like, a Silver opened for him. I've known Silver for quite quite a few years. He's like, "What's up, Toad?" I'm like, "What's up, dude? Go go do your thing, <laughs> whatever." Yep. And then, um, like I look back at artists like you said, um, Dirk Bentley. You said Aldine, and the other one was, um, I mean, a big Eric Church. Fan. Oh, Eric Church. Yeah. So <coughs> I, I keep telling this story that I I never got into Eric Church until this past two years. Really? Nah, I liked him. But never was like, ooh, this guy's, you know, wow, whatever. And then I went back and I listened to all his live stuff through COVID and was like, holy shit balls, yeah. this dude is awesome. He's just, he's a living legend, man. People are yeah. already putting him in their song. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. he's like not even that old and people are putting him in their songs like he's George Strait yep. and guys like, it's crazy. Dude, what he did at the ACMs was stick that in your country song. I mean, and that chick that sings with him, I mean, blew, yeah, she's insane. blew me away. And then I'm like, dude, this guy's got a nickname already. He's the chief. You he's know? the and chief. I, like, and I just, I just sit, sit back and my attitude is like, fuck these guys. Like my favorite guy to see live, Randy Hauser. He's great. Well, well man, shout out to Derek George. He's done almost all Randy Hauser's hits. Really? Yeah. D so Derek did what is it? Uh, was it Goodbye Kiss? Was that one of his? And yeah. then he did, uh, yeah, Boots On. Like he produced and wrote on a bunch wow. of stuff. That stuff. They're both from Mississippi. I saw him uh, at Country Fan Fest uh, a, a couple years ago in Utah. And then um, we do a, a thing here with Diamond Resorts, mm -hmm. um, Timeshare, where they do private events. Well, the guy that runs that, uh, shout out to my boy Rich. He, um, he, we had lunch one day and we're talking about our favorite artists. And I told him Randy Hauser. So he did the deal with Randy before he called his boss. He called me and said he's going to be playing at Stoney's for this private event on this nice. day. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm he puts like, on a great show. Dude, I love him. I he mean, also played stagecoach the day we were there. He's great. It's rad. I've seen him. I saw him at Aiba. He did like four songs. And you could tell he just wanted to play all night. Then I saw him at, I saw him at Country Fan Fest. Awesome. Awesome. But can you imagine him at Stoney's with only 200 people? Crush it, dude! I can't wait. It's it's coming up. Oh, it's it, coming it hasn't up, happened yeah. yet. Like just the idea to see him in a venue like yeah, at absolutely. this size, because you, you don't get to see a guy like Randy Hauser this you know no. this size venue. No, it's awesome. That's one of our goals here at Stoney's is get get to that level where, you, like, it. I, I'm just a lot of the artists that have come through here. We've kind of like molded in this market, and um, 
they always say they'll come back and play. Mm-hmm. Always. And they don't. I mean, I get it, but I'll, I'll tell you what, that's that's not me. I'll, yeah. If and when, I like to say when. Yeah. And I'm, I'll, if, I'll be when. back. And yeah. I, I always told uh, Moonshine Flats the same thing in Moonshine Beach. Like, oh, it's, it's a matter of it's a matter of how do you how do you how do, how do you make it work? Right. How can I make it work? It make it worth your while. Make the venues worth the while. Like, like I'm creative when it comes to booking. Super creative. Just because I I want the artist to have an opportunity as they get bigger. Like a guy like Russell Dickerson, he played here seven times, and. I look at that story as so awesome because before yours went to radio, it just hit the highway. Mm-hmm. His last two times he played here, and we sold them both out. Wow. But prior to that, we're talking 200 people, 400 yeah. people. Then it got bigger. That was probably when he was, because he was playing Moonshine and Moonshine Beach when we were playing there all the time. We're like, who's this Russell Dickerson guy? And then all of a sudden, I mean, it was like a year, year and a half where he was coming through regularly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, this dude's... Yeah, just well, doing it. it was rad because uh, the the weekend of Root, he played here. That was the last time he played here. What, was that 2017? So he played here the Thursday before Root. Before it, was, Root. it was the kickoff for us. And we don't normally do Thursday night shows, but it just worked itself out to yeah. where he played. And it was just, I ended up flying back right after Root for his um, presentation in Nashville at the Exit Inn. And because everyone in his camp was like, you won't be there. And if someone tells me you won't, and I hear it enough, <laughs> I just I just do You're it. Just so there. I just packed up my shit. We flew to Nashville and we just went and. And showed up, didn't say anything to anyone but their tour manager. That's so it was just kind of like Russell turned around and he was like, Hey, Toad. He was like, What the f- are you doing here? I was like, <laughs> You said I wouldn't. Kaylee yeah. said I wouldn't. So we just did it. But it's kind of like we like to mold that artist where they get so big that they, you know, even like the Cadillac 3, these guys have outplayed this place. But yeah, I mean, they, they still come back. Toad, we need more places like this. Yeah. There's a reason you guys get nominated. What, what's the uh, award show you get nominated for every ACM. year? ACM. ACM. Twice, two years in a row. Yeah, and Moonshine too. And there's a reason for that. Like, there's not enough of these venues around. No. I mean, there's here, there's the two moonshines. Joe's. And there's Joe's. Yeah. But Joe's is out in a... Yeah, not a, it's not on the West Coast, yeah. but just a, yeah, yeah. A, as a venue. Exactly, that, that yeah. We, we need like eight more of those spread out throughout the right. uh, the country. It would like know? it would be neat if we if we were like the tin roofs of the world. Like, yeah. like we had like 20 locations and you could just go stony, stony, stony. Exactly. Oh, moonshine, 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 stony, stony. And just... Exactly. So, so we're in the process of opening a venue up in Idaho. Oh, okay. Just outside of Boise. I hear so much good things about Idaho. Dude. Is it going to be Stonies? It is a Stonies. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's at what's called the Sawmill. So it's half outdoors, half indoors. Nice. And it is rustic. The place is 100 plus years old. Dude. Um, We've already done the dance floor. The stage is done. For those who can't see us, I'm raising my hand. Yes. It is. uh, It'll... Our goal was to try and figure out how we, how they can play here Friday and there Saturday. Just too far, though. I don't it's think it'll work. It's a little far, yeah. Yeah, but we'll figure it out. I mean, the end of the day is, like, if you can come here on a Friday, play something in, you know, Southern Cal or work your way up California, you know, on that Saturday, and then work yeah. your way up and do, like, a Tuesday, Thursday, something, and then hit hit Emmett, you know, yeah. Friday, Saturday. And yeah, I'm trying to think about that now. Yeah, it, it's like if you could the, – the tough days, because, like, you brought up Tin Roof. We did a Tin Roof tour where we did – Tin, a bunch of tin roofs all over the country, and we did old crows, the two old crows in Chicago, right? And then br- came back. And it, it, where it's tough is, luckily we got a Tuesday on on Broadway. A friend of mine needed a fill in, so we got that last minute. But you can't fill a Monday. That's hard to fill. Sure, it's hard to fill Sundays. I think we did, but it's tough. It makes it hard to do it all the time. And then Tuesdays are hard to fill, and Wednesdays are hard to fill. So like yeah. trying to put a tour together. Because you're gonna end up with three, four days. Yep. Where you're just, you know, probably not gonna play. We've had some artists come through on a Wednesday, and they're like, "We'll just take a door deal," and it just doesn't work. Vegas is tough, man. It's just like the the locals, they they're, they're working. Yeah. They have a job. Yeah. Sort of thing. So that that part's super tough of it all. It's just, I wish it wasn't that way. I mean, we've done the only time we do Thursdays was is like right around route because a lot of people are in town. 
We did. Um, and a- ACMs. Other than that, it just doesn't happen. There's no reason. ACMs. Oh, they do the ACMs here now. Uh, they're coming back. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were. They, yes. Last year, two years ago, whatever it was, we had, dude, we had Randy Hauser and John Pardee doing a motorcycle ride and coming back in here and playing. Oh, nice. Dude, all donated. All the tickets at the door were d- donated. Fuck, things sold out crazy, and it never happened because COVID. Yeah. And it was just one of I those. I met John. He's a, he's a cool dude. Northern, yeah. Northern California guy. He's played here. Two, three times now. Really? Yeah, a couple inside, a couple outside. We've done some tailgates out in the parking lot he's been a part of. Kip Moore played out there. Nice. Like, we, I like to do stuff where we get this, if we play outside, we get this headliner, and then I like the idea of two stages. I'm just that guy. I want the main stage, and I want this little side stage, and Russell played the side stage one oh, year. Oh, cool. Because, like, on his, on his way up. But we, that's our goal, is kind of, like, to give you guys a level playing field that this artist is playing here that's a little bit higher than you, and then right after that, we have another artist, and it was yeah. just like you literally people were going like this and then shifting, and that's all it was. And it was, yeah, and that's was amazing rad. because, like, you know, we still play a lot of bar gigs, we got to make yep. ends meet, and, and a lot of our people want to see us. And if we don't do it, they have nowhere to see us until we get, you know, sure. a bigger show. And but it, it, but it's like, and that's fine, but we need those places too. But without places like Stoney's, Moonshine Flats, Moonshine Beach, and like you said, Joe's, which is a ways yeah. away, you know, where do we do that? It's it's tough. I mean. We, we, if we had all the money in the world, we'd probably have tw- 20 of these and just do nothing but a big tour just for people to get through and have a good time. Yeah. That's, that, that would be legit. It's 6.45. Doors open in 15 minutes. Dude, tell people how to find time you online. Flies. JTHarker.com. Um, and uh, for the social media handles, everything is at JTHarker. And, um, yeah, I'm just now getting my TikTok going, same handle, and my Instagram is what I've been focusing on. And, uh, again, thank you for the support on the songs. Uh, All of the Above is coming out July 2nd. You have it. You've heard it. And really, I'll, really, really pumped about that. I'll get a master soon, and we'll be playing on Country AF Radio for sure. I'm really pumped about that one. And then the, the following up singles after that, I'm just, I think this year we're going to hopefully take a big step up. I'm excited. Hell yes. Thanks excited. for the time. Thank you, Toad. Can I get an amen? Get a what, what? Hell yeah, man. Give a holler and a smile and let a brother know where you stand. Yeah, man. Put some on now.